following sermon is from Faith Bible Church, located in Murrieta, California. More information about Faith Bible Church is available at www.faith-bible.net. Many of you know Jason Davis. He's a part of our church, and he lives up on the plateau. His house was uh, severely threatened yesterday uh, with the fire, and the police pulled up, and they did a little whoop, whoop, you know, horn, told him that they were there, told him that they had to leave. And Ian, his oldest boy, 12 years old, looks up at his dad and says, man, Pastor Mueller wasn't kidding when he said it's all going to burn. You know what I mean? It was awesome. I love that. I'm so grateful for the grace of God. I'm so grateful that many of those folks are okay and that actually the uh, uh, Jason and his family are doing well. And uh, so I'm also grateful for all of you. It is the commitment of Faith Bible Church to submit to Christ's rule, to heed his voice, and to proclaim his message, regardless of whether you like it or not. Regardless of whether you agree or not, that's the conviction that we have to follow in the Scripture. We're going to follow what Christ says over what anybody else says. We're going to proclaim His message regardless of the day, because that's why we're here on planet. And though the elders, who uh, we just talked about having our retreat, don't get everything right, we don't, we're not perfect men at all, we try to make certain that you hear His Word as written, which is His will. That's our desire. That's our passion. Like waiters, we do our best to get His truth to your hearing without messing it up. And we make extra effort and work hard not to make preferences into principles. That's called legalism. And we try to not make principles into preferences, and that's liberalism. We really used to be able to have this kind of discussion we're going to have this morning from God's Word in our evening services. And had we not been shoved around by the COVID-19 panic, we would still be doing our seasonal evening services, and we will again, Lord willing. Those allowed us to biblically address current events according to the Scripture. We could address them without having to, in a sense, interrupt our regular study of going through a book of the Bible like the book of James which we just started last week. And interesting enough, all of our leaders have sensed the heavy burden that you are bearing and the intense need for clarity over this particular issue. I can say, honestly, I've lost a little bit of sleep laying in bed praying for you and praying for our church. I've actually been trying to speak on this issue for about three to four weeks and wanting to somehow, whether through letter or through some interruption in the services or some announcement to kind of walk through a little bit of a biblical perspective on it. And the elders, as we got off our retreat, we determined that it should be something that I would give an overview of God's Word this morning for about 25 minutes, and then we'll have four of our elders to do some question and answer on the topic of the vaccine for 25 minutes. The challenge today is this. Through God's Word, alone, we want to provide a clearer lens, right? As we look at this world, as we look at relationships, as we evaluate everything in our lives, finances and the direction of our lives, we want to look through the lens of God's Word. Can I hear an amen to that? That is our desire. God has given us His Word to direct us. We want to hear what He has to say. And we want you to be able to please our Lord Jesus Christ through this crisis, through this trial, through the difficulties that you're facing with the vaccine and masks. So if you're with me, please open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and also take the outline that is found in your bulletin and follow along. And if you're going to take notes with us this morning, number one in your outline is Christ is ruling, submit to Him first. Christ is ruling, submit to Him first. Now, the Bible's make some incredibly dramatic statements. Revelation chapter 1 verse 18 is one of them. It says, Jesus Christ holds the keys of death and Hades right now. He holds the keys. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, God appoints the death of every man. Death is not an accident. One more time. Say it with me. Ready, everybody? Death is not an accident. You die on the day of God's appointing. 
you die at the time of God's appointing through the circumstances of God's appointing. You don't die from a virus or a gun or a vaccine. It is God appointed. All death and life are in the hands of God. When someone dies, it is God's will. It is not an accident. And if you die from a vaccine or a virus or you die from old age or you die in some critical accident as a young person at a young age, it is exactly when God intended. The exact time, the exact day. But you say, Chris, yes, but but, but the government is mandating this. Well, Psalm 47, verse 8, God reigns over the what? The nations. God sits on His holy throne. God is the ruler of the nations. He is running things, no matter what politicians think. And interesting enough, Proverbs 21, verse 1 tells us, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hand of the Lord. God turns it wherever He wishes. God has the right to do whatever he desires to do in this universe. Amen? It says in Psalm 115, verse 3, but God is in the heavens. He does whatever he, what's that word? Whatever he wills, whatever he pleases. You can have confidence. God is in control. No matter what you're facing, no matter what we're facing, God is in control. His sovereignty is absolute. His rule involves total control of everything, every circumstance, every situation, every event, every person, every government order, every employee mandate is under a sovereign God, everyone. God's control means he either is directly causing or consciously permitting everything that happens in history, in human history. Paul taught us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, look at it, that God works how many things? All things uh, after the counsel of His will. And the Greek word all means what? All. In the original language, every, all things after the counsel of His will. God is allowing or causing every single circumstance in your life. God does as He pleases, only as He pleases, and always as He pleases. He is sovereign only as He pleases, and always as He pleases. Understand, the goal of the true church and the goal of each and every one of you here, second hour, FBC, in the gym, Myriad of Valley High School, the goal of every single one of you is to show this world what it is like to live under the rule of Jesus Christ. That's why you're here, to show them what it's like to live for His kingdom, His rule, Even when your children are being told to wear masks, even when your employers are demanding that their employees get vaccinated, you are to demonstrate what it's like to live under the rule of Christ. As a Christ follower, you want what Christ wants over what you want every time. First, Isaiah 40 says the nations, all of them in the world, are a drop in the bucket to the Lord. Do not fear government, fear God. Government is not in charge, Christ is. Do not live in the fear of man, but live in the fear of God. You say, Chris, yes, okay, 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 but the government has become oppressive. And and we can't just sit back and allow all our rights to be taken away from us. Listen, if you're called to be a Daniel, then go get voted into office. Just make sure that Christ is king. Make sure that your focus on that does not distract you from your living under the rule of Christ. But for the church and for the individual Christian, your job is not to protest. Your job is not to criticize. Your job is not to whine or rebel or disobey. You say, where do you get that from? From the Bible. Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Read it aloud with me from your outline. Let's read it together. Ready, everyone? Remind them to be subject to rulers. Oh, wait, you're not zealously saying this. So let's try it with a little juice now. Here we go. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. Romans 13 would add, you're to pray for your governing authorities. You're to honor our governing authorities because, ready, they are appointed by God. God appointed our president God appointed our governor. I know that may cause some of you to have to react physically, 
But understand, it is God who put them into office. God is in charge. And when they again mandate for you not to do what God commands, and when they again mandate that you're to do something that God commands us not to do, then as First Peter says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, we must obey God over what? Over men rather than men. In the truest sense, really as a Christian, we're not going around trying to figure out what we want to disobey our government over. What we're trying to make sure that people understand is we're just obeying God. If it's out of sync with the government, well then so be it. But we're going to obey God over man. That's our goal. That's our heart. Now some of you in this room are grieving. And I want to tell you from my heart, in all genuineness, I am grieving too. I am grieving the loss of a government and the loss of a nation that used to support my beliefs. It used to. Those days are over to some degree, and you will find them increasingly over as we continue. Romans 1 describes to us exactly what God is doing. He is judging this world. He is judging sin with sin. He is giving people over to their sin as an act of judgment. He calls it the wrath of God. And it's very clear in Romans 1 what he's doing. He is, Romans 1.24, giving them over to unrestricted immorality. That started in the 60s. And then 126, he gave them over to homosexuality. That started in the 70s, 80s, and 90s and is now in full blow uh, in our midst. And then Romans 128, God gave them over to applaud all that is evil starting in the 90s and all the way up to our day. Applauding what is evil. Evil is good and good is evil. That's our day. And God is at work in this decline towards evil. God is at work. God is judging this world. It is His judgment. Culture and country must turn bad for the end times to occur. If they're going to come and Christ is going to come, it's not going to be an automatic antichrist. We're going to get a really a lot worse on the world before those days come. You see, Chris, we got to do something. God commands us. Yes, He commands us. But he doesn't command you to fix your government. Jesus didn't. Paul didn't. The New Testament doesn't. And the early church didn't fix their government. And either should you. There, you're not here to fix your government. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be involved. That doesn't mean you can't run for office. You can be. Just make sure that Christ is king. And understand, you're not going to fix your government any more than the Chinese Christians are going to fix their government any more than the Russians are going to fix their corrupt government, any more than the Cubans are going to fix their corrupt government, Christians around the world don't fix governments. That's not our calling. That's not why we're here. You are not here to do that. You are here to demonstrate the rule of Christ, what it's like to live under His rule in this land, to display His kingdom, His rule, and to live as a citizen of heaven. That means to be light and salt. Point to the beauty of Jesus Christ. There should be something so attractive about us that we're actually tasty. We're actually tasty. We should see the tastiness of following Him. Read aloud with me, Matthew 5, 13 and 14. Let's read it together from your outline so we can read it together. Here we go. Ready? You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Read with me 633, everybody. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God is sovereign and totally in charge of every government on this planet. There is nothing that our rulers are doing that God is not allowing or initiating ever, including the requirements of a vaccine. There are some believers, and there might be some here this morning, who have idolized America. It has been a sweet nation. 
And the Lord is now calling you to put your hope in Christ, not country. Much of the anger that is expressed toward the vaccine is not the actual shot. It's the government or employer or authority telling you what to do. And we have a heart, do we not, that likes to shake our fist at that. Do we not? Come on, let's admit it. Christ loves you. He has made you as his children secure forever. There's no reason to live in fear. You cannot die one moment before or after, before God intends, whether that's from COVID or whether that's from a vaccine. Do not live in fear, Christian. Perfect love casts out fear. Bible tells us, cast your care, your anxiety upon him, 1 Peter 5, 7, because he cares for you. Understand, as a Christian, you are to live different than the unsaved. And the unsaved right now are scared to death. And they are scared of death. And we need to be a people who are not afraid of death. Because for us, for believers, to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. It's so much better. I've told you a hundred times, I live with a wife who from day one has wanted to go to heaven. And it really bugged me when we first got married. I'm like, I'm here. What's your problem? I get it now. There's nothing about this world that, that even compares with what we're facing in the future. Nothing. So number two in your outline, listen to Christ's voice and follow only Him. Listen to Christ's voice and follow only Him. You all know sensationalism sells. Media makes money. And fear is a major selling point. Is it not? It is. TV media will take the rare exception and make it the norm. Social media will extol every extreme theory, every single one, and, and teach it as true. Friends and family will talk of deaths they know and use it to sway you to embrace their fears. Be careful, Christian, who you listen to and what you listen to. Be careful. Understand, all that God is doing concerning vaccines is for your good and His glory. All of it. Your God is providentially working His will through this test. Your God is doing that. Look at Romans 8.28. You're in there in Romans 8, I hope. It says, we know that God causes, again, one more time, how many things? All things, that includes vaccine, that includes mass requirements, all things to work together for good to those who love God, those who are His children, those who are called according to His purpose. When you look at the context of that, you look back at verse 26, he talks about even when you're at your weakest, God is causing all things to work together for good. And you look ahead a little bit after Romans 8, 28 and verse 31, God is for us. And if God is for us, who could be against us? This vaccine is not a biblical issue. It is not a sin to take it. It is not a sin to not take it. The issue is not truth. Christians are giving the vaccine too much energy, discussion, and concern. Live for Christ, proclaim the gospel, share the word, but don't center your life around a preference issue. The vaccine is a preference because the Bible does not talk about it in scripture there is no commandment to vaccine there is no commandment to not vaccine it is not a principle it is a preference the vaccine is an issue like eating meat was in the first century some did some didn't and paul taught both groups in first corinthians 9 and 10 and romans chapter 14 and 15 he ends that argument with romans 15 7 except one another he says, over a preference issue, your command is to, what? Accept one another, along with, remain one in Christ with those you differ with. Remain one in Christ. Don't let the enemy divide you. Do not teach your preference as a principle, as truth to others, and say, you have to do it my way. To manifest love, joy, and peace with your differences, and to live under the rule of Christ and manifest his mission to proclaim the gospel to everybody. That's why we're here. We're here. We're left here to put Christ on display. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. It is not a sin whether you get vaccinated or don't get vaccinated unless it violates your 
conscience. Like with any medicine you might take, there will be a few who will have a negative reaction and suffer negative results. And yes, yes, I hear you. Is the government exercising overt control? What's the answer? Yes. Is it being inconsistent and unjust? Yes. Is our nation moving from being a supportive nation to our faith to being opposed to our faith? Yes. Are there frightening agendas seemingly driving some of these decisions about the vaccine? The answer is yes. Do you have a choice? Yes, you do. Let me state it in the extreme. Two possible directions for this conscious issue. Write them down. This is really complicated. Here we go. Ready? Do or do not. There's your choice. Do or do not. Number one, do. Take the vaccine as if it were a flu shot and move on. Like the polio vaccine, like the whooping cough vaccine, just take the vaccine. Number two, don't take the vaccine. Do not and quietly embrace the consequences, even if it means losing your job. There is no third option, friends. There isn't one where you get to whine and protest and live in misery. That's not, that does, that's not a third choice. Under number two, as a Christian, you can try to be a conscientious objector, and there are letters floating around where you can give that to your employer and and appeal that process, you could run for election. I'd vote for you in a heartbeat. I mean, consider all the choices we got for governor. You guys are like, the, you know, they're the front runner. Okay? And try to overturn the mandate. That's good. But you cannot violate your conscience. Just make certain your conscience is guided by faith in the truth of God's word and not a conscience guided by boiling fears from other voices, even trusted ones. Luther said, my conscience is bound in God's word. That's at the Reformation. That's when his life was on the line. He said, I am bound by God's word. Don't, not public opinion, not fear, not suspicion. Christ is the one who determines right and wrong. And when it's an issue of preference, your heart needs to be clear and your conscience needs to be determined by God's word. Do not means your view of the vaccine is I just can't do it. Then you embrace the consequences regardless of how unfair. You say, well, what about sterility? What about autoimmune issues? What about government agendas? What about the end times? The end times are happening, friends. We're getting closer and closer. Will there be a tribulation? Yes. Will there be an antichrist who controls the planet by making the world accept a mark on their forehead or on their wrist? And by the way, in cold climate, what's exposed? Your wrist or your forehead. So that's, yeah, that makes sense. In order to buy and sell, you've got to get a mark. Are there leaders right now in the world today talking about using the vaccine in this matter to buy and sell? Yes, there are. Already. Made me really excited when I heard that. I'm I, I, not in a joking matter. I just got excited. Are, are we moving towards the end times? Yes or no? Yes. There will be many antichrists until the final antichrist, and they all want control, and they all want worship. See, why do they want to control us? That's the heart of the enemy, friends. But there will be, eventually, a buy-sell control via a literal mark, not a shoulder shot. Okay? Your forehead or your wrist? Now, you, some of you are weird and you're thinking this. Well, what if I get the shot in my forehead or I get the shot on my wrist? Then you should go through the tribulation because you're a crazy person and you deserve to go through it. I'm just telling you, that's weird. Is the vaccine the mark of the beast? Answer, no. You're going to be raptured anyway. I like Alistair Begg's article on drawing the line because it reminded me that Daniel and his three friends, they, they compromised on preferences. They changed their names and they said, no big deal. Now, wait, 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 come on. What if the government today said, Bill, you can't be Bill anymore. You have to be Bashungamugamuga. Bill might accept that, but understand, he'd be going, wait a minute. We all be going, hey, you have no right to change his name. But for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it didn't matter. That was a, that's not a biblical issue. It's a preference issue. They actually worked for the enemy. They worked for Babylon, the government. 
Jews could have said, you're working for the enemy, you horrible person. It's a preference issue. They even were schooled in Babylonian education. Why? Because their character was such and their understanding of the law was such they were not going to compromise no matter what. But when they said no was when it came to the Bible. Because the Bible said you can only eat certain foods, you can only eat them the way that the law has dictated, and they said we are not going to do that. So they made their stand not on preferences, they made their stand on what? Principle. When God said it, that was the issue. God expects you here today to do the same. Showing the world that you're living under Christ's rule and following only Christ's voice. And what is our mission in all that? To proclaim Christ, share the gospel. The mission of the Christian is not to change the government. That's not your mission. That doesn't mean you can't be involved. But understand, that's not our mission. Our mission is to exalt Jesus Christ and let His message be heard. Amen? That's it. Changing laws does not change people. Changing the government does not change people. The gospel changes people. The gospel transforms people. And that only happens through a transformed heart and salvation. Look at Matthew 28. You know it. Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples, make followers, learners of Christ, of all the nations, vaccinizing them. No, 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 no. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We're not there yet. But that's what we're supposed to be about. It doesn't matter if the government supports your beliefs or not. It doesn't matter. Your first allegiance is to be a citizen of heaven. I can give this message in China. I can give this message in Russia. I can give this message on any place on the planet because it's principle, not preference. Your first allegiance is to Christ. You and I change the world by proclaiming the gospel. God saves, you share. You put Christ on display. And instead of talking so much about shots, let's talk about salvation. Instead of being worried, let's take our stand on His Word. Instead of being critical, let's stand on Christ and exalt His character, His person, His purposes. Let Him be seen in this dark and darkening day. Is your thinking sensible? Is it sensible? Is it, is it biblical? Is it consistent? Let Philippians 4.8 be your guide. Whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, let your mind dwell on these things. Christian, do not allow a preference to destroy your peace, your future, your relationships, or your sanity. Don't do it. You are the most wonderful people on the planet. Please do not allow a vaccine to destroy you or to discourage you. Make certain that you love and accept those who vaccinate. And make sure you love and accept those who don't vaccinate. Accept each other. Show the world that we don't make issues on preferences. Show the world that we can be one even though this room is filled with those who do and those who don't. Do not let the enemy divide you. Don't make your preference the right choice for everyone else and anyone else. And don't make your decision a must for everyone else. Don't. It's your conviction before the Lord over a preference. If it was principle, we'd all need to embrace it. If it's preference, it's an individual issue before the Lord. Some of your elders are vaccinated. <gasps> Some of your elders are not vaccinated. <gasps> and we are one heart, one mind. And you can be the same. You're saying, Chris, tell me which one is which. So they can be my favorite elder. No! No, that doesn't matter. Right now, the unsaved world is absolutely scared to death, and they are afraid of death. This is our opportunity to display the answer. Understand, they are missing life in Christ, and life in Christ is the greatest life that anyone can live. It's called abundant life. The born-again believer, we, to live is Christ, and to what? Die is gain. 
The only way to survive these times is to know the one who conquered death. The only way to have peace in the midst of chaos is to submit to the one who died in your place. The only way to be forgiven for all your sins is to exchange all that you are for all that he is. The only way to not be afraid is to be indwelt by the one who knows no fear. The only way not to fear the judgment of sin is to have your judgment for sin fall on Christ and be judged there instead of you. And that's why Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one will come to the Father. No religion, no person on this planet is getting to heaven except through Jesus Christ. That's it. You say, what do I need to be saved? I'm so glad you asked. ATF, isn't that a great acronym? ATF, A, admit the awfulness of your sinfulness. T, trust in Christ and his work on the cross as the God-man to bear the wrath of God and to rise from the dead and follow, F to ATF, follow Christ as a slave follows his master. Please stand with me if you would as we pray and then we'll have our time with the elders. Please pray together if you would. Just stand, bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment. And allow me to lead you in prayer, if you would, please. Would you praise him for his sovereign control and his love for you? Just quietly in your own heart. Would you ask him for wisdom in dealing with this issue in your own heart, in your own life? Would you confess to him any sin especially any sin of fear. And would you commit in your heart to love and accept those who are different than you? Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word that gives us parameters, gives us guidance, gives us wisdom. We pray now, Father, that we would hear more of that through our elders and that you would be exalted in the way that they would respond to answers and situations. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for what you'll do. Work in our hearts, Lord. Keep us one heart, one mind as a church, and we'll give you the glory for that. And we love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Who you have before you here are four elders, Robert, John, Nigel, and Sean. You will see why we are a plurality in answering these questions. I'm going to ask them questions. I'm going to give them only four minutes to answer <laughs> each one. And uh, we're going to keep them moving along, so forgive me if I interrupt them. But gentlemen, let's start with question number one. Why are so many opinions about COVID vaccines? How do I, how do I make a decision if there are so many opinions? Go for it. It's still me. Okay. So the answer to this in short version is... I don't know what decision you should make. None of us do because the answer is particular to you and your situation and a whole host of data that's an individual response or rather than a generic. Where do you go for answers? I don't think Facebook, Twitter is probably the best source for medical knowledge. Uh, so what that means is, is you'll hear us say, like, you should talk to a doctor. You probably shouldn't look at not just social media, but even news reports. News reports we found is they even report on us as a church and other things going on. Uh, they Everyone comes at it with a bias, whether left or right or wherever. If you can get to uh, more scientific data that's helpful, medical doctors are awesome. They have your best interest at heart. The most encouraging thing we would tell you to do is to move forward in faith and good conscience. Uh, last service, Robert Dodson talked about a book called Found God's Will by John MacArthur. Great book, just about how to discern God's will for your life. Kevin DeYoung wrote, Just Do Something. That hints at the answer. Just do something. Make a choice, move forward in faith, figure out what's biblical and what's not, which Chris has already referenced. Nigel? Yeah. yeah, and the key thing is to be guided by your conscience. But the tricky thing about conscience is that it has to be biblically informed. We all have a conscience, and we all lean towards one avenue or approach or another, but the key is to inform that conscience from Scripture alone. And as John said, there's so much information or misinformation out there on, in the media and social media, and even some of us are posting, and it's not all necessarily 
trustworthy information. So go to the Scriptures. I think the one question we have to ask is, will my decision bring glory to Jesus Christ? That's the question to ask. Will it glorify God? Let me, let me just read from you Romans 13. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. There's no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. We're to be submissive to those authorities. Whoever resists authority, verse 2, has opposed the ordinance of God. Listen, submit to God by submitting to the government, unless the government asks you to sin. Let that be your conscience. It's a great guide. And be grateful for where we live, that this is the issue we're wrestling with. Absolutely. I mean, I think around the world, there are believers with far greater struggles where they're forced to submit, the Afghan believers and others, who are much more having to wrestle through far greater issues than should I get a shot. Absolutely. Uh, question two, what should I do if my employer mandates that I get vaccinated? This is a tough one, and you may or may not know this, but there are some in our body that have already faced this question, and there are many more that will be facing it as it feels like that's where this thing is sliding. This is not easy. But that being said, I'd like to say that you're I'm, I'm just going off of what was just said. Your elders are not medical professionals. Uh, we are not here to give medical advice. Our, our aim is not to convince you one way or the other, but to help you to think biblically. And we are shepherds, not doctors, okay? And, and uh, according to 1 Peter 5, we're not to lord it over those allotted to our charge. In other words, we're not to take our rank as spiritual leaders and try to leverage that to persuade you on a preference issue. That would be an overreach of the authority that God has given us. Um, why? Because the extent of our authority is governed by the Word of God. And spoiler alert, and Chris already said this, the Bible doesn't tell you to vaccinate or not vaccinate, um, and so neither will we. But each individual who's confronted with this particular question, sh what if I, um, my job is mandating it, must make a decision, here it is, with their family before the Lord and trust Him for the results. So here's a grid for you. Chris said this. I'm going to expand on it a little bit. Does getting the vaccine violate my conscience? If the answer is yes, quit your job and find employment, trusting the Lord for provision elsewhere. If it does not violate your conscience, then you still have a decision to make. Our counsel for you in that situation is to do the proper amount of research, evaluate your age, health, medical conditions, pre-existing um, things, what the literature says, while seeking out all along godly counsel and use the brain that God has given you to make an informed and wise decision. You may decide at that point, good enough, I'm going to get the jab. And you may decide at that point, you know what, I'm not comfortable, I'm not getting it. It's not a conscience issue at that point because your conscience has cleared you. It is now a wisdom issue as to whether or not you want to proceed. Um, and if you want to, get the jab and move on. If you want to, quit your job. And if you quit at that point because you're not comfortable getting it, then at that point you need to um, either go away quietly or if you desire under the laws of our country as a citizen of this great nation, you can pursue legal action or other recourse as given to you by the Constitution. Uh, that being said, it all needs to be governed by Scripture according to the text we read out loud, Titus 3, 1 and 2, in the proper biblical way. I'm going to stop there because I'm talking no, too much. No, that's really good. And, and listen, in light of what we watch businesses do with the homosexual agenda, right? You, you hear all this wokeness that it, our country is pursuing, it's just beginning. It, will it surprise you if more and more businesses mandate vaccination? Will it surprise you if to travel on airlines you must be vaccinated? Guys, it's coming. And, and there are options you have. Sean mentioned a couple. I just wanted to add, if your employer mandates you get vaccinated, you know what is an option? You can get vaccinated and keep your job. And some of you might determine that's the best thing. And that's okay. I would also tell you a thing you can do is, is appeal to your employer as a, uh, just as a conscientious objector having filing a religious exemption. I have known folks that have done that, that biblically approached it, saying this violates my conscience. And as a believer, I cannot take this. And I know of people that have gone to uh, citizen nurses that are in the state mandated you must be vaccinated. They were able to keep their job because their employer accepted that. You can file legal action if you want and find another job. But can I encourage you on this? Men in particular, as you're walking through this and considering it, 1 Timothy 5.8 says this, 
But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. You are faced with needing to figure out a way to provide. So be relentless in it. Work really hard at it. You know, some of the consequences that Sean talked about, if, you're, if this is your conscience and it's going to be something that you feel you're violating and you're, not going, you're going to quit that job, it might mean a change in lifestyle. It might. Those might be some of the consequences. You need to be okay with that, but go after it, figure it out, and work really hard to pursue it because it's your responsibility. So next question, how do I shepherd my kids and collegians whether to be vaccinated or not? So... In the last service, I totally didn't answer this at the beginning, so I'm going to do the same thing here. Robert hogged all the time in the last one. Well, no, but but that's to say that if in answer to that last one, after you've wrestled through everything and come to a conviction about what you should do for your job, it is critical that you don't impose your conviction onto other believers, that you don't believe that what was right for you is therefore right for others in the same job or just in the same family and life situation, but you allow people to hold their own convictions rather than to believe that it's right or wrong and that people should do exactly what you did. With ant- with Wait, regard... First Corinthians 8 and 9, read those at home, Amen. and then read Romans 14 and 15. You'll see this laid out in Scripture. Go yeah. on. So, go ahead. I, won. <laughs> I, I hogged this one last time. But listen, can I just tell you, obviously we're talking about kids and collegians, parents. If you have kids in your home, you know, in high school age down, ultimately it is your responsibility. So all the things we discussed, you prayerfully consider it and make the best decision, particularly as there's going to be more and more pressure for our kids to get vaccinated. You're going to see it 12 and up, right? So you make that decision as a family. Can I encourage you about this, though? Parents, be careful what you talk about in your home with your children around. My fear is that we are talking so much about the government and so much about this control and so much about the danger of the vaccine that our children are listening to this and hearing it and they're feeling a, an overwhelming sense of fear that has come up in their hearts about what's going on. I, I was talking to somebody in the patio after first service. I had the unbelievable privilege of starting seventh grade with our new president, Ronald Reagan. What a time. What a future that was there for our country. And I'm looking at kids nowadays, and they're really concerned about what's going on. And can I just tell you, Psalm 46, 1 through 3 says this, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change and though the mountains should slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride, the earth has fallen apart, we will hope in the Lord. Esther 4.14 talks about Esther being born for such a time as this. Our kids were born exactly when God intended. And moms, as you prepare a climate and and, uh, uh, just culture in your home, uh, Proverbs 31.25 says this, strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. We want our kids to know, pursue Christ. And that is the pathway for them to have a great future. Listen, if you're a collegian, if you've got collegians as parents, teach them to view this decision through the lens of Scripture. John mentioned a book, Found God's Will. You know what is so good about it? It's so crystal clear. You just, you you pray about your decision. You encourage them to uh, make sure there's no unconfessed sin in their heart, right? So that could cloud the decision they make. You encourage them to seek wisdom, and then once they do all that, Psalm 37, 4 tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You simply make a decision. And you know what? Our collegians might even choose to, to go different than what you think as parents, and that is God's sovereignty and God's will. But you affirm their biblical lens as they do that. Can I just tell you something too? You kids and collegians that are here, scripture has been the same today as it was all that time ago. If I can encourage you, pursue Christ with all your heart. Psalm 1 is such a beautiful passage. It says this, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And verse 3 says this, And he will be like a tree, firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he what? He prospers. Folks, kids, Pursue Christ with all your heart. You know what? Give your life to Christ and follow him. Find a spouse that loves the Lord above anything else, and your life will be blessed and will be prosperous. So let's not create an environment of scared and 
fear and all of this. Let's encourage our kids. The Lord's got this, and their future is bright if they pursue Christ. Okay, so question four. How do I maintain a good witness on masks, vaccine, and other government employer demands? Yeah, good witness, a good attitude is very difficult. I will admit for me personally, because as soon as somebody tells me what I need to do, there's something inside of me that instinctively pushes back immediately. Um, if I walk into a store and they say, sir, can you please put on a mask? In a split second, my blood, goes through the, blood pressure goes through the roof, begins to boil, and I am ready to throw down on that poor 16-year-old girl who's working at the Froyo place doing part-time work. She's just trying to do her job, and there I am ready to challenge. And when I evaluate my, my heart motive in that, I am looking at my human nature that's full of pride. I'm looking at my American citizenship that has put a backbone in me that says, you're not going to tell me what to do. Put my mic back on. No, I'm kidding. Um, that you're not going to tell me what to do, right? I, I will do what I want to do. And so I'm tempted in that moment to give some sarcastic response. Maybe you've been the same. I'm tempted to cite some study about how masks are ineffective. I'm tempted to pull all my business. You know what, Froyo Place? You're not getting my business from now on. I'm taking that $4 every other month and I'm moving it somewhere else, <laughs> right? And all these things, the problem with all of this is I'm responding in the flesh, the problem with all of that is the name of Christ is going to be maligned and my testimony is going to be ruined because of something like this. And so the response for us, first and foremost, is going to be overly simplistic. We need to go back and evaluate our hearts, making sure that we're functioning by the spirit, not by the flesh. Colossians 3 instructs Christians to lay aside the deeds of the flesh. Put them off, it says. Here's the list. Um, it's anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech. And then verse 14 says, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. Verse 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Verse 15, and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. That's what we should be doing, walking by the spirit, not by the flesh. And you'll know when you walk into that Froyo place that you're walking by the spirit. You know why? Because what comes out of your mouth will be love, joy, peace, patience, and all the rest of the fruit of the spirit. So that's a starting point. Yeah, I, I think it's easier to maintain living out the fruit of the Spirit as long as our loyalties are in the right place. Uh, and I think what's happened, there, there, there used to be a time when, as Americans, I say we, I, I plan to become a citizen next year, okay? So I say we. As American citizens, there was a time when we could be loyal to the Bible and to the country for the most part at the same time. Well, that's not the case anymore. <laughs> So we say then we have to be loyal to Christ. We have to be loyal to the gospel. Uh, we're preaching the good news. So how do we be a good witness? Listen, let the gospel be a greater concern to you than governmental control. Let the gospel be greater concern to you than the fear of socialism or communism. I just think if you want to be a good witness, you make the right things the right priorities, and we've become distracted, and we're fearful of so many other things, and, and, and we ought not to be. We're not afraid of death, amen? Death is better. We're willing to die for the sake of Christ. So, so let's be loyal to Him and not fear of the future. So how can I tell if my conscience is biblically informed or being driven by fear or a love of freedom? Yeah, the question is, uh, is defining that an issue that's preference that we've defined vaccines as is a conscience issue. And maybe you don't know a, a much, much about the conscience, so let me just walk through this really quickly, and then maybe John will answer the question more specifically. But your conscience is what dictates how you are to respond to preference issues. It's a built-in moral compass that's given to you by God for your protection and also for your good. It is that little voice inside your head that tells you right or wrong, believe it or not, what to do in ethical and moral situations. And it functions in black and white, right and wrong. Romans 2.15 says that your conscience bears witness and your thoughts alternately accuse or defend you. 
So your conscience, looking backward, is a judge telling you whether you were right or wrong. Your conscience is a guide looking forward telling you how you should or should not live. And in addition, your conscience is unique to you, and it's calibrated different from those around you. This is why Christians land in different places on issues like schooling and drinking alcohol and tattoos um, and birth control and celebrating Halloween and vaccines, on and on the list goes, because these fall into the Christian freedom and preference issue categories which are governed by your conscience. Few things to note. This has been said, I'm gonna say it again. If you violate your conscience, that to you is sin. Read the last two verses in Romans 14, it's black and white. Second, if your conscience tells you to do something and the word of God explicitly denies that, then your conscience is wrong, it's informed improperly, and you need to obey the word of God. Third, you should continually calibrate your conscience. That's what happens for all of us. As we mature as Christians, our conscience should also mature. Uh, And that happens as we inform it with the word of God. It's like a light bulb producing light in our hearts. That's the word of God. The conscience only reflects the amount of light that we put in there. And so the more light, the better. So constantly calibrate and inform your conscience. John. Yeah, to that end then to say, well, how do I know what I'm being driven by? Is it my conscience? Is it fear? Is it just a love for freedom? The, the, an easy way to evaluate that, um, a good way to evaluate that is to look at your relationships and to say, is what drives my affection or my distaste for another person rooted in something other than the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is the fellowship I have with Robert because of the gospel and immaterial to his view on COVID, the vaccine, masks, whatever? Or is his view of that different than mine and really causing discomfort and uncomfort in conversation and fellowship with him? If I can have fellowship with somebody who has a different position than I do, then I can be confident that I'm functioning by conviction instead of by fear or a love for freedom. Now, there's a whole nother side, which Chris is just going to get to, which is, well, I can guard my own heart and work to love others because of the centrality of the gospel, but sometimes people are just downright mean and ornery about this. So how do I respond to them? So how do I respond with kindness to those who have a different conviction and lack of grace in their comments over these issues? That's, that's good. Listen, the gospel is primary. The, the thing that we want to do with people is bring them to Christ. Uh, it just concerns me that there's, there are so many people going to hell and we're concerned about governmental control, a piddly little thing like that, and we've got to get our priorities right. Listen, I was talking with my family, some family in New Zealand last night, and if you know anything about how New Zealand's dealt with COVID and, uh, and all of this, it's very different than here in the States. And, and here I am talking to them, and they're wearing masks on Zoom. And now, it, it, they, weren't, um, they weren't angry, that wasn't an argument, but they had different convictions than we did at our end. And, and I could get upset, I'm like, I could say, guys, this is just crazy, what are you doing? Wearing masks on a computer? It's crazy. That's a different kind of virus on a computer, you know? <laughs> so here's the thing. If I'm more concerned about their salvation than whether they wear masks or not, then I'm not even going to bring up that subject, right? Like it doesn't matter whether they're wearing a mask or not. It doesn't matter whether they've received a vaccine or not. It's beside the point. I'm way more concerned about their salvation. So that then leads me then to have a kindness and a graciousness, I hope, in, in responding to them. Listen, I, I think that we've just got our priorities wrong, and we're way concerned about the wrong things. And sometimes it's because we've formed an opinion, and now we want others to join us, and we just need to let it go, because it is not the point. We're going to meet Jesus one day, and we want to take as many people as we can to meet him too. Yeah, and you know, just in regards to the edge side, you've got those that are on one side that are pro-vaccine and want to see everybody get vaccinated. And I've heard people say, boy, you know, if you love others, you will get vaccinated. You, you need to respect 
the decisions of those that choose not to and love them and not make that an issue. Then you've got the other side that is choosing not to get vaccinated. And, and you see the edge that comes from really a, a lack of trust in the medical community or in the government that those people face. And can I just create, you know, what's frustrating about the medical community, there's been so much changing over time um, that we're seeing those in charge that are put on TV all the time, they're changing and we, you know, we always feel like, gosh, what is going on here? Uh, everything is always different. I, I can't stand too that the data that always comes out is so politicized, right? It's always one way or the other and I'm most saddened by the fact that we don't have just normal data to make an informed decision on. And you look at that and think it's just insanity. But what John had said earlier, if you think the data you're getting off of Twitter and Facebook and social media is accurate, I, I would just challenge you to talk to the people. You know what I'd encourage you to do? Talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor and see what they say. Because you know what I've found about doctors? For the most part, they're reasonable. They study. They learn. They've got your best interest at heart. And they want the best for you. And I'll tell you what, I love medicine. I'm, I feel like there's this whole sway of let's throw all medicine out. We can't trust them. I, for one, do not want to go back to leeching and amputations. Medicine has many great things. So don't get caught up in all of that. And Chris had said earlier, be sensible. Proverbs 14, 15 says, the naive believes everything, but the sensible man considers his step. And in regards to the government, Chris said it, it is a bad precedent, but I want to encourage you. I was praying and, and thinking over the weekend, Jesus Christ walked this planet while, he, while Rome was in charge. That government allowed Christ to be killed, to be murdered for religious beliefs. And you know what's amazing is you look at the life of Christ. What was he about? I'm always blown away with, he was not a man uh, fearful of speaking his mind. Jesus Christ cleansed the temple, right? He took a whip and cleansed the temple. He also spoke out against the false religious believers of the day. He blasted the Pharisees and Sadducees and went after them, brood of vipers, whitewashed tombs. Why didn't Christ cleanse the Senate? Why didn't Christ blast Caesar in the day? Christ was about the kingdom. Now listen, we live in America. We have a privilege to vote. We should all vote, right? The, 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 it's, things are being spoken of through that. But if you are more passionate about what is happening with the government than you are with what is happening at the church and people hearing the gospel, then your priorities are wrong. They are upside down. Chris had mentioned earlier, read Roman, Romans 1 this afternoon. It's always an interesting thing to me. God is clearly giving this country over. And my question for you is, if America gets worse and worse, for the gospel to shine brighter and more people to come to Christ. Are you okay with that? We should all be good with that, shouldn't we? It is a bad precedent, but think about this. We talked about it. The end times are, are you see what's going to happen in Revelation. And the reality is we are not going to go from a blissful, perfect America to that. Why are we surprised that there's steps going in that direction? In fact, I'm not happy. I don't want it to happen in the sense of it does make me sad about our government, but praise God when Chris says he rejoices, we can rejoice that we're seeing God's plan perfectly being executed. Isn't that amazing? Rejoice in that. And just to finalize, Titus 3, 1 and 2, just listen to the heart. Remind them to be subject to rulers, to authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing every consideration for all men. That's who we are to be about. So, would you thank these men for this time? <laughs> now, now, if you ever doubted why we have a plurality of elders, now you know why. Uh, it's, it's the counsel of godly men seeking the one will and heart of Christ. So let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, thank you again for the opportunity to actually work through an issue that is uh, actually more difficult because it is a preference issue. Uh, it, it, is, it requires wisdom, it requires our study, it requires us to examine our own heart as to whether we're actually sensing what your direction is and being filled with your spirit. We pray, Father, that we might be that kind of people, that we would seek your word and your will above all else, that we would be guided by those general principles in which to glorify you. Help us to accept one another in the truest sense. And Father, also to me, one heart, one mind, 
uh, with the, the truth of your word. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I have the assignment of summarizing. We'll have one song and then we'll be done. And the summary is really easy. Are you ready? The enemy has worked very, very hard to divide the church of Jesus Christ. Phase one was the mask issue. And there are actually entire churches that have closed all around the world and our country over that issue. Phase two is the vaccine. And we're not giving in. We're going to say to you, let's worship the Lord, let's honor Him, let's accept one another, and not allow a single issue of division to occur in our midst. If you're vaxxed or non-vaxxed, it doesn't matter to us. What matters is we serve Jesus Christ and honor Him, right? Amen? Number two, amen. You can clap, that's okay. Number two, really simply, it's so simple, it's that, look, you've been to the jeweler, they've put the diamonds out on the counter. They never put it down unless it's a darkest, darkest velvet so those gems can shine, right? And the darker our world gets, the brighter Christ's gospel and you individually will shine for this world if you're living for Christ, if you're seeking to put his message on display. This is our opportunity to make him shine. Don't miss it. And let's do it together. And let's do it to the praise of our king. Amen? Thanks for listening today. Sermon audio from the last three years is available by podcast, and a larger archive from Chris Mueller and Faith Bible Church can be found at media.faith-bible.net. And if you would, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. Thanks, and have a great day.